got fucking seniority on you. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right. We've just started recording, and before I hit record, Cal just basically said, we're going to watch Basket filled in in front of his missus. This is what I have to part with when I'm making this podcast for you lot. How are we doing, boys? We all good? Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah not good. bad, not bad, mate. Good. Thank, um, thanks for asking us for the third time. Yeah. Resign. So not only do I have to put up with the, the bullshit from these two, I also have to put up with my own technical inability to manage to record a fucking podcast. Um, so this is take three. Um, so I'm not going to do the normal intro. It's Notorious POD. It's Hip Hop Forum. It's Cow and Tea. This is how we do. Um, so yeah, we're fucking shit up. Um, it's over Skype because we've got no choice because we're in a global pandemic. So yeah, fun and games, fun and games. What are you missing the most, Cal? Fucking just going out, just going yeah. outside, like going to eat, going to like a nice restaurant eating. That's what I'd say. Yeah, good shout, T. Oh man, jumping in my car and driving. <laughs> that's, that's probably one thing I missed the most. I had to drive last week and it was bliss. Absolute bliss. It took me ages, but it was yeah. just absolutely bliss. There's so many things to take for granted, man. Even just bloody walk into the shops and find something you need. It's yeah. just, but you know, I guess, uh, I guess there's probably um, something to be learned from from all this in terms of the way we live. So, very true. Looking at it from that perspective, very yeah. true, mate. Um, yeah, I was the same. I actually hadn't even thought about the driving thing. I, I took the car out the other day for the first time in ages, and it was really nice. You just kind of forget. I think that's the the thing I picked up the most is the simple things that you're missing out on. Like just, just catching up for beers and stuff for football, missed that. And then it was supposed to be, so as we record, um, this weekend coming was supposed to be Rap Gods. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. So, yeah, it's like gig, you know, gigs that you would normally go and see getting cancelled, sporting events, all the stuff that we do with our you know, social time. It's just gone, man. It's just crazy. Yeah. It would have been skinny, man, next week. Yeah, exactly. So we've missed out on a hell of a lot of decent hip-hop. Uh, which is which is a which is a shame, but um, life goes on, boys. Life goes on. So we let's let's try and um, let's try and bring a bit of joy to um, other people while we are in this lockdown um, state. On that note, uh, before we get started into the, the proper topics, um, we got we got mugged off. Properly Did we mugged off? Yeah, Public Enemy. Remember? Oh, right. Our, our first ever hip hop forum episode. We talked about um, the potential breakup or at least the sacking. Of Flavor Flav. Turns out it was a fucking April Fool publicity stunt. Grow up. Honestly. Fucking, fucking mugged us all off. Right yeah. off. Um, and they released some new music off the back of it, didn't they? Yeah. So the whole idea of it was basically to um, kind of bring some yeah, publicity to what they were doing and kind of like re-engage a new voice. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just didn't think that's a very public enemy thing to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Like PR yeah. stuff, that sort of thing. So I didn't really see that coming. Um, so yeah, it turns out it was all just a load of bullshit and actually it's fine. They've got new music coming out. How, how do we feel about um, new public enemy in this this life and times, T? T? Mm, well, the new music. Yeah, yeah. you interested in that? So you're saying that um i mean they made a couple of decent albums at the start of um the last decade um i think one of them was called most of my heroes don't appear in no stamp they're two really good albums that they did so they might have a bit left in them you know i wouldn't say i'd be you know trawling the internet to try and find the albums but the last albums that i remember them doing are still pretty good so yeah i'd be intrigued i'd be intrigued there's a lot to talk about in the current political climate so might be good that's true and i think like the more politically aware uh, hip hop groups of the past. So I'm thinking like De La Soul's last album, Tribe's last album. They were good. Like they were interesting, and they actually had something to say. So maybe, maybe Public Enemy might be you know part of that um, kind of lineup, which I think will be think will be good. Um, so yeah, we got done, but life goes on, boys. What, what are you going to do? Um, new Alchemist and Conway joint, Cal. Yeah. What are we saying about that boy? Oh man, it's if it's uh, you know last last um, hip hop forum we were talking about like dream rapper producer combos, yeah. and if one of us would have said Alchemist and Conway, it wouldn't have been the worst idea in the world. Um, Conway's like 
he's one of the the hot guys in a minute. He's you know him and you know Griselda. They're like men of the moment, if you like. And fuck me, Alchemist could do a joint EP with fucking Little Zane, and it'd be a banger. Like it's just. Yeah, it's just Alchemist, man. He's just so consistent and brings out the best in so many good rappers. So yeah, it was really, really nice project. Really nice project. Yes, it's nice. Yeah. We've heard that, see, uh, and I think it is a nice combo, don't you think? Yeah, I feel Conway's got a bit of hunger about him. You know, um, you know, if he keeps up, I and mean, he's been around for a long time. He's done a lot of uh, done a lot of albums. They must have well, don't don't say numbers, but he's had a whole load of albums. On, he still sounds hungry. Guess. And, yeah, we don't do research. Guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to do a pretty Patel and a random number. <laughs> but um, but no, it's it's a very very good album, man. And um, <laughs> fucking, I'm doing a kind of laugh at my own joke. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely one of the better projects of 2020. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, it's, it's just it is really nice to hear like Alchemist, um, like you say, Cal, working with uh kind of artists and he's maintained like his high standard from his like production throughout his career and um he's got to be in that conversation for like best producers of, of all time um so yeah it's not nice to hear him making some new shit and there, there's all sorts of rumors and stuff and also uh in our chat yesterday you put in that um alchemist has been um tweeting mc grinder from people just do nothing about the show <laughs> which makes me like him even more yeah that's that so random that is really proper random. That was so so random. I also saw on Instagram that that Crooked Eye was he was kind of touting. You know, we're going to talk about the beat battles, aren't we? Later on, mm. and uh, he was touting uh, Daz Dillinger, and he was asking, "Oh, who should Daz Dillinger take uh, take on?" And my first thought was Alchemist. Like oh. that would be a good little battle. Shit, I heard um, rumors yesterday that there's uh, talks between Alchemist and Havoc, which would be fucking scenes. Yeah, that would be scenes. And yeah, that... yeah. Prodigy, Prodigy mentioned that when he was alive, which is kind of mad. Yeah, I saw that. It's weird, isn't it? It was kind of like talking about who he'd like to see in, in battles. It's kind of interesting. Then he mentioned those two, which is mad. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. But, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a bit more detail when we get into the, the first topic anyway. Um, and then, T, you've been, um, you've been smashing your way through this new uh, Knowledge uh, album, mate. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of um, Jay Diller's Donuts. But the mad thing is um, a, a large part of the album is built around um, Cut Close, who were um, wow. the Keith Sweat R&B group back in the 90s. So wow. um, so uses them Surrender, uses the song Surrender an awful lot through the album, samples a lot. And um, it's got a track of Anderson Park, I guess otherwise known as No Worries, it's a really nice track. And um, there's a bloke called Duran Bernard, I think you know him, John. Um, yeah, sings yeah. of um, Erica Badu on occasion, yeah. and his track on there is really, really nice. But um, yeah, if you're into that kind of um, tall black guy, Jay Diller type sound, like the instrumental albums, all the Madlib beat conductor stuff, you give this album a listen. Um, it's called 1988, and it's another class album. Yeah, I must admit, mate, I'd, I'd not really like come across him before, come across his stuff, and um, I really liked it. I had a listen, and you're right, it, it's very like, yeah, Diller esque kind of beat conductor stuff i think that's quite a good description of it so yeah spot on mate um cool all right well let's um let's get into the first the first topic okay so uh we had a question from millie underscore lopez on ig and she has asked us who do you guys want to see on the ig battles started by timbo and swizzy now this question was asked before we had Primo and Rizzo, which we'll get into. So let's um let's first of all kind of talk about more generally like Instagram sets. Like, do we care about this? And and I guess my question is like, we obviously want to talk about potential matchups like we've spoken about before, but um this is quite an interesting dynamic because you are getting to see kind of great artists kind of roll out their catalog. My my one question is is that is IG Live the best format for it? Because I think, T, that when we were kind of talking about this question originally, we were kind of all in agreement that we don't really want to listen to a DJ set played through someone's phone. Yeah. Um, I just wondered what your boys, uh, what your take is on the, on the whole thing in general, and then we can start talking about matchups. So, T, I know that you um, you weren't particularly enamoured with the whole um, IG Live thing. And has, has your view changed on that at all, mate? What do you, what do you think? 
it's it's just so ironic. Um, this is in my room one hundred and one. Um, Instagram live DJ sets and orchestras. Probably talk about orchestras on another pod. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I I didn't really have I didn't really have the appetite, but then Primo v Rizzo happened, and <laughs> you know I kind of got a bit of FOMO there. But um, and these guys have still got you know put themselves out there. I mean, I didn't know much about D Nice, for example, and he's got quite a storied career, um, by mm. all accounts. So. I guess from that point of view, it's good, but I don't think I've got the appetite to watch a DJ set through my phone, and I've just not really got the time. I'm still working throughout this pandemic, so it's not like I've got time on my hands to watch my phone for three, four hours. So that's probably where I am with it. Fair play. How about you, Cal? Yeah, similar to T, really. I don't have a massive appetite for, for, for DJ sets, really, especially on Instagram Live. One of the, one of the things... It was quite funny about the the Rizzo and Primo one the other day was uh, Big Ghost, who we've spoken about before. Uh, he's like a producer. He produces for Griselda and that lot. And uh, he was like scoring it like it was a boxing match. Yeah. So when I saw that on Twitter, he was scoring it on Twitter and that was making me laugh. And uh, But one thing he said was, Rizzo sounds like it's coming out of a clock radio. And uh, that just really made me laugh. And what T said just then made me think of that. And it, yeah, it's it's not the best format. I don't know what would be better. I don't know if YouTube would be better. It probably would be if they set up proper good cameras and proper good equipment and that and then just recorded it. But I guess they like the live fan interaction. I guess it reminds them of their their roots as DJs. You know, was, was Rizzo ever a DJ? Was he a DJ or was he always just a beat maker? No, they had mathematics uh... for Wu-Tang. Yeah. Yeah, and they had some other DJs as well. Yeah. But, but even before, like, Wu-Tang formed, was he a DJ or not? No, I think he was more a rapper because he was just called, I think he was called Rakim then. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. Rakim. Yeah, so I think he was just a rapper. I don't think he was ever a DJ. Yeah. But I would agree with you in the sense of, like, it's a lot more hip-hop for it to yeah. be a bit shit and a bit rough and a bit, like, uh, DIY'd. Like, it kind of is the modern era version of just, like, cabling a load of like different equipment together and putting on a street party so the closest thing that we have to that kind of um early industrious nature of hip-hop is just to go well fuck it we'll just put it on ig live and then just dj in our house but i do, I do think it was kind of funny that like preem had a proper professional setup and then obviously had his like phone propped up and you know everything ready to go and Rizzo was literally just like an old bloke in his lounge while his missus had gone to do the shopping like it was fucking hilarious <laughs> um, and it did sound like I've, I've, of... I've not even watched it yeah oh really yeah so you can like literally see his like lounge and he's like obviously he's got a nice house but it's just funny because you've just got like you know just a, a kind of a bloke in his kind of you know, middle-aged years, got a lovely house, he's done well for himself, yeah. and then he's, like, pulling out just fucking grimy bangers that are just sound like they're being played out of, like, a dog shit, like, I don't know, just <laughs> Alba stereo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sanyo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Goodman's or fucking... Yeah, Goodman's. exactly. It was just quite... <laughs> rascal sound but yeah i agree if they could do it on youtube and like like the dj ez 24 hour set the sound quality was actually really good and if they could have done do something like that i do think like i would be more interested to like make it an event that i would watch live I've, I've watched most of the big ones like recordings because yeah i'm, I'm the same as you too i don't, I don't want to kind of I'm, I'm busy and also i don't want to spend my time listening to something that i can't really listen to that well I find it a bit counterproductive, but um, I think it's interesting. But obviously, we had we had Primo versus Rizza. Yeah, a lot of um, chat online beforehand that Primo was going to absolutely wash Rizza, and then subsequently, a lot mm-hmm. of people said that Rizza actually beat Prem. So, um, having seen the the list, I know you haven't seen it live, Tim, and obviously you've only um, kind of had a chance to catch up on it. Um, what? How did you score it? And um, yeah, how did you score it? First of all. Who, who well, it's like the boxing pod. It's, it's like the boxing pod. I don't score fights. But, um, <laughs> based on, based based on the visual, I think um, I think the I think the RZA might have come out on top. In that, um, I did a list of the songs that they probably should have done, and Preem's list is probably is a is a bit longer for me than than um, the RZA's list of stuff he could have maybe played. Maybe RZA's got less to choose from, so it's probably easier for him. 
Fremo's got like years and years of stuff and many different artists that he's worked with. But yeah. um, I mean, for example, on um, I'll go through what I would have picked for Mass Appeal, Gangstar, Four Clip Gang. It's been a long time with Kim and you know, Mustard Gangstar. I'd have picked those over some of the stuff he picked. Um, or for the Rizzo, I'd have picked a Daytona 100 over Mother the Child, Jewel of the Ark, Just of the Cold World, and Triumph by Bruce. I don't know why I didn't pick that. That was odd. Yeah, there was some there were some odd omissions on both sides. I thought, um, like with, with Primo, I think you're right, man. I think because he's got so much to choose from, in a way, it makes it more difficult. But what I would say in like Riz's defense is, everyone knew it was like you got 20 tracks, like bring your fucking fire. And I actually think that um, Prem was kind of just doing his on the fly. And I think Riza went in like, I am going to fucking smash you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it it kind of felt like that because Rizzo was like quite serious and Preem was kind of like chatting and was kind of into the discussion side of things and was kind of like picking up on what Rizzo was was kind of saying and talking and playing. So it was interesting from that dynamic. And the fact is it was down to those 20 tracks. So if you're judging it based on that, then then I think it's quite close. I, I had Primo just about winning it because there's a couple of tracks that I just prefer that are Primo. And also looking at like, and again, this is not really Rizza's fault, but Prem has worked with basically the creme de la creme of artists in hip hop. So his list just had more variety and it was just like a who's who of, of great artists. Mm. So I kind of gave, I, I kind of took that into consideration as well. But you're just based on like fire for fire. It was pretty fucking cool. Um, what did you what do you think, Cal? Yeah, no, I remember thinking it was about level to be honest it was about level um looking looking at the lists yeah primo's list probably is a bit more for me because it's got a little little bit more variety to it but rizza i think um you guys were right rizza he came to win <laughs> i feel like i'm on below the belt now he came to win <laughs> you know <laughs> and it was it was he was just going for bangers and it seemed like what he was doing was he there was almost like a an intentional build with him like he started with like liquid swords and bring the pain and they're like they're good they're good beats but they're not like absolute fucking tear the club up beats and it was almost like he was doing a gradual build to a crescendo kind of thing so it was yeah it was a it's a good concept and uh rizza and primo were two guys that that were that you know they're great great for the culture and it's hopefully we can see a few more of them i'm not going to watch them all but i think it's always good when you see people that you admire working together even if it is just for a couple of hours so i think it was really good yeah it's, it's great but what what i was going to point out was if you look at the first five that they've picked mm. i think primo probably I, i'm not i wouldn't have picked any of those first five to start yeah maybe krs one and she's like they, they don't know but Look at Rizzo's first five. He's got Bring the Pain, Liquid Swords, Wu Gambinos. You know, those three mm. are tracks that people know. Mm. A couple of them, admittedly, I had to go back and play on Spotify because I weren't that familiar with them. And, and um, even with the Gangstar stuff, I mean, surely you know Mastiz or Four Clip, one of the two. Yeah. That's probably why That's probably why I probably went the other way. Mm. Yeah. I get that. And I think that's that's a lot of people's views that basically it's all well and good saying our oh, Primo had lo- has got loads of bangers he, he could have and slash should have played, but he didn't play them. So if you are looking at it on like yeah. actually mm. what played, I get that. You know, it's, it's like football or boxing. We're like, well, we know he's got all these amazing like knockouts previously, but he didn't do it on the night and he lost. Mm. It's like, well, that's yeah, it. it doesn't really yeah. matter, does it? Um, but yeah, for me, I, I just think like Primo just about edged it if I was going for track. But I agree, the opening, um, like I said, I, I just don't think Primo was prepared for that. I think he was just kind of thinking, oh, it's fine, I'll just I'll just vibe and see where it goes. Mm. Uh, but let's talk about uh, the question, which was like, would we want to see any others? Um, who would, who else would we want to see? Now, we mentioned, obviously, like Alchemist and Havoc is potentially rumoured. also saw today that Pete Rock has basically said, has thrown his like, hat into the ring, saying he's happy to battle um, someone. But he's only like really open to a few names and i don't know if you've yeah. seen the tweet but the names are pretty fucking cool like uh large professor q-tip um so i think yeah if we if we got a pete rock versus q-tip that would be fucking amazing that's all i want to see that's all i'm interested in <laughs> nothing yeah. else yeah as soon as um, soon as you said pete rock i thought large pro first thing that came out of my mouth the first thing i thought was uh, large pro 
because uh, I think that'd be a great battle. And for you know, just know. To... go on, T. I don't know if Large Pro's got the body of work. No, yeah. I think I think Q-Tips worked with everyone. He worked on um, the what's it, Illmatic album, Mob Deep album. Yeah. So I think that's probably a bit, you know, probably a better one for me. Yeah. I would just 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 for a bit of variety, I wouldn't mind seeing kind of a West Coast battle. I mentioned Daz Dillinger earlier on. How about him and DJ Quick? That yeah. might be quite interesting. Or Warren G and DJ Quick. That might be quite good as well. Yeah, yep. work. yeah, we haven't really had that much from from the West Coast, um, and in a way, I think that's that's part of um, part of why I've I've probably enjoyed these IG battles because it's taking it back to like almost like I said, old school hip hop. So it's like it's time now for the West to get involved. Do you know what I mean? It's like we've the East Coast started this shit, and now the West Coast can maybe like elevate and innovate a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see what what happens with it. Um, I'd I'd quite like to see Madlib. Um, Versus like Alchemist or someone like that. So I just think that would be an interesting dynamic. Madlib doesn't have like uh, hits in a traditional term of like mm. a Puff Daddy or something like that. But he's just got bangers like instrumental wise. And I think someone like Alchemist could live with that. And I think that would be, I'd love to see that. Plus both quite sample heavy. I think it'd be quite cool. I'd, I'd be interested to see that for sure. Maybe I should just make a tournament of it. Have a tournament, semi-finals, quarter semi-finals, and then whoever wins the tournament faces Diddy in in the ultimate <laughs> ultimate showdown. And Diddy doesn't actually do anything. It's just all the hitmen running around doing <laughs> programming the tracks, and Diddy's just sitting there drinking fucking Cavossier. It's, it's all throwing, just throwing yeah. booze everywhere. To be fair, <laughs> I, I think the, one of the ultimates for like certainly the modern era uh, is, would be Pharrell versus Kanye. <sighs> Kanye well, would like just that. go mad halfway through and start throwing his shit against the wall. Yeah, he would start playing new stuff that no one likes, and then Pharrell would just be playing like I don't know Nori, and everyone would be like, "Well, obviously the Neptunes have fucking smashed us to bits." But yeah, I'd like to see Neptunes versus Kanye would be would be cool. I'd be interested in that. So I think I like that's like, that. yeah, it's a good match. I think it's quite fair because Kanye's produced some bangers for other people as well. So it's a good. Good matchup. So that's yeah, that that'll probably be my pick for kind of like commercial uh, Neptunes versus Kanye. That's my vote. Right, welcome back to the hip hop forum. Topic two, bit of a heavy one, boys, but I think a very interesting subject nonetheless. Um topic two, when you realise that your favourite rappers or producers have views that you struggle with. Um T, I think you put this on it, didn't you, mate? Um, what was this in relation to anyone Did I? specific? Or it might, it might have been Cam. I'm not sure. Well, uh, um, I think what probably brought it to mind was Royce talking about being an anti-vaxer. Yes, um, that I probably that, that made me think. Mm. I mean, you know, he's entitled to his views, obviously. And um, I found the last album he did was a bit kind of. Um, was a bit of conspiracy theory, hotepy, anti-vax kind of vibe, and um, I wasn't really riding of it. But um, you know, ultimately, rappers are human, and I'm sure everyone's got at least one or two opinions and views that probably aren't palatable by the general public by and large. But um, that's what inspired the question. But um, I mean, someone else has made me think that way is um, Pete Rock. You know, is another one who's a bit bit hotepy, bit of a conspiracy theorist. You know, talked about um, how, what the fuck was it? Um, ibuprofen, you shouldn't take that if you get the coronavirus because it won't, if you take that, then you might die. Some some shit like that. Yeah. And I thought, come on, man. At least you've got, you've got an audience of hundreds and thousands. At least either research the stuff you post or just don't post it. You've got someone like Primo who probably has similar views, but he just keeps it, you know, he just kind of keeps it at arm's length when he's on social. He posts a lot, but doesn't really post a lot of... um opinion-based stuff so that kind of protects his legacy a bit and yeah. because someone something else a bit. so go on no, go on mate um and something someone else that made me think of was um R.A. the rugged man's got an album in a couple of days um he was having a bit of a rant on facebook a while ago i think Nas might have performed halftime on a tv show and he took out the well the, the f-word yeah. <laughs> in the gay ah, f-word okay right and R.A. the rugged man wasn't happy about that. I said, look, it's freedom of speech. You should be able to say what he wants. So, and the thing about R.A. the rugged man, he's, he's not, he's not on a big label. He can say what he wants. And that's cool. I mean, I kind of, 
I kind of admire that about him. He just kind of says as he pleases. Yeah. But it just it did it, it did make it did give me a bit of food for thought when when I saw the crescent on the running order. Yeah. The thing the thing about it is that I mean with that with that point particularly is if you're a defender of freedom of speech, you also have to defend people's right to also not say things, right? So if like if Nas feels that he's changed his view and doesn't want to say the word anymore, you if you if you are adamant about people's right to expression, they're also allowed the right to not say something that they used to say or previously said. Mm. So I, I think that that's a bit of a weird point um, from Rugged Man. And, and in terms of like the other stuff, like the like anti-vax and like various different views, I think with with things like that, it's like there are scales of opinion in terms of like that that is not a mainstream belief that people are like okay fair enough people generally think that that's a a wrong opinion but it's not something that you can out of hand just be like well that's just morally like wrong to think i mean i guess you could but morally wrong to think it and therefore like he's an awful person like basically saying i'm homophobic or i'm racist it's not quite like that same level of like universally accepted as as a wrong so i kind of think like it's not anything that I agree with, but if you believe that, fair enough. But I also think you're right too. I think there is a um, responsibility aspect of like their audience size and the fact that they're not they're not researching, are they? They're just giving their opinion on something and just kind of saying it out loud, like this is what I think. Um, and then it all comes down to like how you how much responsibility and kind of weight you want to put on essentially celebrities opinions on stuff and i always kind of think this about you know footballers or boxers or sports people in general is they shouldn't be your role models like if if you're as a like parent getting your child's like medical advice from uh royce to five nine <laughs> then i think you have a problem not not royce to five nine um yeah yeah of course you know so it's like it's like with footballers when you you ask your kid about you know John Terry shagging his teammate's wife right morally reprehensible disgusting thing to do you ask a, uh, a seven year old kid what do they know about John Terry they won't mention any of that they don't know anything about it they'll just talk to about you know just being a horrible scumbag on the pitch um, you know so it's, it's with all these things it's just it's just a matter of like how much you put weight on their opinions on those subjects I guess. Um, but yeah, there, there's no doubt loads of artists, rappers, producers, singers who have horrible views and have done even some mad, mad shit. Um, where, where do you sit on it, Cal? Yeah, in terms of Royce, uh, yeah, it, it, like the theme throughout his album was basically him saying that inoculations gave his son um, autism. He said that throughout the album. He said it on three or four different tracks. And I think that's where that's come from. And then I've noticed on his Instagram feed lately that he's become a little bit more, like T said, a little bit more hotel, a little bit more conspiracy theory. I don't really want to hear any of that, really. It's just can't be asked of it. And uh, yeah, so perhaps perhaps that what happened to his son has made him like that and maybe has affected him in that way. And that's why he's become like that. Um, You know, which is which is obviously really, really sad. Um, In terms of artists that have reprehensible views most people in my life have reprehensible views it, it's not something i'm going to get too upset about um unless you know unless it i guess unless it i find it really really offensive but um no I, there's not anyone really that i that, that i can think of that i've cancelled other than fucking r kelly or kanye, and kanye west <laughs> i didn't cancel kanye i just think he's a fucking knobhead um <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, it's it's that it's the age old debate, man. It's the it's the man versus the art, and uh, it's something that we'll never find a, an answer to that we will all be satisfied with. Um, some people can separate it, some people can't, um, and I think we all we all we're all selective with our view when it comes to certain people. So nothing's absolute. Um, yeah, it's an interesting topic. It is an interesting topic. Um, but fuck it, let people think what they like. I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm with you on that last point, mate. About like, can you separate the art from the person? And like, I've never really been bothered by the personality side of, of art. Like some people are mad into like fan culture, 
with with artists and rappers and about their lives and about their views and mm. I don't I just don't give a shit about that I, and I guess I think it's maybe like for me as well I've, I've always kind of understood that for example Jay-Z is not Sean Carter it's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a character created by Sean Carter to tell stories and yeah of course like there's there is a a blurring of those two lines but but most hip-hop particularly is is like a it's through a lens of like mm. a character or through an artist and and so i think maybe the difference is is say like someone like a pete rock for example his music actually isn't as controversial as he is personally mm. so that's where the like, yeah. thought he can sometimes lie you know i can separate the art and be like well i know this is art but when actually their personal view is is fucking mental maybe that is maybe that's to your point t where it becomes awkward right yeah well, i just um i mean the examples i've i've said they haven't exactly turned me off listening to them as artists i mean i never massively got into Royster five nine mm-hmm. his music is a bit i wouldn't say it's too heavy it's just a bit i guess he's like a rapper's rapper so yeah. to speak you know and um someone like me i just i find it a bit bit too dense you know he's got like 20 track albums and they last for ages and you know yeah he's really into this thing where you just isolate yourself in the room and listen to music and i'm like no one's got time for that anymore man yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean hang around with Eminem. So break down much. his bar <laughs> yeah he's hanging around with Eminem too so. much isn't he just yeah no that is I mean, I mean, isn't it yeah i mean the most controversial person i probably still listen to well would be the smiths um, Morrissey said some pretty reprehensible oh, things. <laughs> he said some dreadful things. And obviously, this is a hip hop podcast, but um, yeah, I listen to, I, I, I've never listened to his solo stuff, but I'll always listen to the Smiths. But he's said some fucking dreadful stuff, man. Mate, me. he's more he's more Brexit than I am, mate. He's proper fucking. <laughs> he's out there, mate. I know, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, God, you <laughs> fucking know. You make me want to dust off the R. Kelly albums, and I think fucking hell, everything's fair game now. I'm gonna say I'm fucking. I'm, I'm one step away from Gary Glitter, greatest hits. <laughs> Be a part of the gang, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, I wanted to say, actually, sorry, just a slightly off topic. I remember years ago, um, Jay-Z said in an interview about his music only being entertainment, that it wasn't real. It was just entertainment. And then he said it at the end of a song. Uh, it was called Ignorant Shit off the American Gangster album. Yes. Yeah. And he said, it's only entertainment. And I remember at the time... In when was that fucking early 2000s? I remember being really, really fucking offended by that. Yeah. Because I thought, no, you're a rapper. You're supposed to keep it real. That's the saying, isn't it? Keep it real. And so when people say stuff in their songs, I expect the, at the time anyway, I expected them to kind of, for them to mean it and for it to be their honest opinion about stuff. Now I realize it is just fucking entertainment and none of it's real. But, um, do you remember? Do you remember that line, John? Do you remember him yeah, saying that? I remember. I remember that, mate. And I'm, I, to be honest, I didn't really put too much like um, stamp on it at the time. But now you say it, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because he, he kind of Jay Z traded for a long time on this, you know, street hustler turned like rapper. And you know, I'm still still spending money from '88. You know, that whole the whole thing of like being a hustler before yeah. um, becoming a rapper. So. It's, it was kind of an interesting gear change, and also like artistically, he did he did change from that street hustler sound to becoming what he is more now, which is like this kind of like passing down advice thing. So maybe that was like the kind of the separating of those two worlds, you know. And he just kind of like moved it moved it forward, and just can't be asked with that anymore. Which is fair enough as you get older, I guess you maybe change your mind. Mm, yeah, where you see it, but um. Yeah, I mean, to go back to to like realizing your favorite rappers and producers have views that you struggle with, the the art form and the culture that is hip hop is a uh, misogynistic, at times homophobic, violent, uh, with racial undertones, with the N word littered through songs, uh, murder, larceny, violence of all sorts, uh, crime, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, depression. It it is an art that basically looks at the darker side of, of life and of culture. Um, so of course it's going to like talk about and bring uh, and shine a light on areas that people don't like talking about. But I think that 
what makes hip hop so brilliant is it it basically tries to it can be a cautionary tale even in the songs that appear to be uh kind of bragging about it it kind of still highlights that actually this is uh something we're trying to escape from and trying to push ourselves forward so as long as you keep that in mind when you listen to hip hop and kind of think about it then i think there's always going to be stuff that you're going to struggle with on a personal level like that's just that's just a game Right, topic number three. Uh, MF Gloom on Twitter asks us the following. Some long questions here, so I'll um, I'll just read them out and then I'll let you let you boys just dive in on this. Um, your yeah. personal your personal classic albums, i.e., ones that aren't universally heralded as classics that you absolutely love. So let's let's start with that. He's got two questions, so we'll start with that one. And T, I know you you gave me some um, some grief on Twitter. I I posted what I thought was like the top five hip hop albums ever, and you were like. This isn't interesting. <laughs> this is the same five fucking albums every fucker posts. Uh, <laughs> Chambers, it's, it's a bit like someone saying that it's like saying the best two players in the world are Ronaldo and Messi. But we kind of we know we obviously hear something you know that Messi want to. Okay, I want to hear that. I want to see what that's that's about because hip hop hip hop is under the shadow of of the nineties. Understandable because it's probably the best era, but there's so much other albums that you know that are still still stand up to them you know that's probably that's probably my thinking behind it which was fair enough and like in hindsight i was like yeah i don't i don't really know what the what the worthiness of stating the top five out of a potential maybe eight choices that everyone else would pick um so i started yeah. thinking about it uh thinking about what my personal favorites are. i mean th those five would also be in that but like if they weren't yeah. allowed to be included what would i pick um, and and you kind of said, look, this, this tells me a lot more about you. So I kind of thought this was actually a really good question for us because it did get me thinking about other albums that I used to rinse all the time. Um, so I'd just be good to know what, what you boys would have on your kind of personal classics, ones that you, you really, really love, whether they were heralded as classics or not. T. I've got three. Go on. I've got three. Um, first one is Give Me My Flowers by Blue and XL. Um it's reminiscent of Wish It Were Here by Pink Floyd in that it followed their greatest album, Dark Side of the Moon. So this album followed Below the Heavens. Mm. That's like an underground boom bap hip-hop classic. But this album, Give Me My Flowers, is just so unheralded and it's my favourite album. It's one of my favourite albums of, the, of this um, this millennium since 2000, I'd say. Right. And I've absolutely batted it. It's just a really, really lovely album. Soulful Loops, um, Blue smashes it. So that's one. Um Stunts, Blunts and Hip Hop by Diamond D. Um, that album was mad rare at the time. That was in um, 92, 93 it came out. Um, you could hear a young Fat Joe on it as well. So, you know, I think Diamond D produced his first, Fat Joe's first album from memories. But um, yeah, that's an album that's worth getting. It's not on Spotify, so you probably have to either go on YouTube where they've got the whole album. Yeah. So, Stunts, Blunts and Hip Hop. And the last one is Fun Crusher Plus by Company Flow. Um, wow. oh, to yeah. this day, to this day, that's one <laughs> of the best day. gigs I've ever been to. <laughs> to this day, man, one of the best gigs I've been to was Company Flow and Blackstar. And this is uh, before they'd like blown up. It's that Subterranean in Labrook Grove, 98. And that album, that gig pushed me to get the Company Flow album. And um, if nothing else, just go into YouTube and look for DJ Premier cutting up um, Eight Steps to Perfection. And it's one of the best things you'll hear as a hip hop fan. So those are the three albums. Boom, love that, love that. Uh, Cal? You've, so in the kind of the, the spirit of this podcast, and I know, you know, of late, we've all been about research, but <laughs> this week I've kind of rebelled and I've just been like, no, no research ever, ever again. Yeah. Um, but so I've just quickly skimmed through my uh, Apple Music app on my computer. Uh, so... As soon as T said, oh, I've got three albums, like, you fucker. Just <laughs> setting the bar really high. Um, but, yeah, no, I can do it. I can do it. It's okay. Uh, so the first one that uh, I thought of was uh, Telephone by No Name. Um, it was, like, 2016, I think it came out. Uh, she's a female rapper from Chicago. And it's all kind of – it's quite introspective. It's quite chilled out. Uh, she's not really very well known. Um, and I loved her album Telephone. I thought it was so good, and I fucking rinsed it continuously. Uh, 
the second one, just as I was skimming through, oh, that's one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, was it's uh, a lot of the time we talk about like classic rappers and what their best albums are and things like that. And you, when you talk about Snoop Dogg, you say Doggy Style, and I would agree with that. But one of my favorite Snoop Dogg albums is The Blue Carpet Treatment um it's not one that's on people's lists at all but i really liked it uh, i've always i liked it from the day it came out and i still play it now um and then the third one i'm gonna say is even more niche and you have to give me credit because i've not said any lloyd bank stuff at all um <laughs> is um history of violence by ransom uh t used to give me a lot of shit about listening to ransom but i just love him always well he's, he's just so gully <laughs> He's so gully, but he's also quite introspective as well. Um, and I really, really liked that. It was more of a mixtape. Um, so I'm going to go with that. It was either Ransom or it was Forever by Puff Daddy. And I decided to go for Ransom. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, well, well, I was thinking about this. And um, obviously, I put a couple on, on Twitter and me and T's kind of back and forth about albums that I loved. And it's become, I think, a bit of a cult classic now, um, which is Commons B album. Um, no, it, come on. No, that's got to go. No. Why? Because that's like your favourite fucking album. Yeah, but this, this is no, the question. No. This is the question. Personal classic albums. No. Right, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think Kanye produced the whole thing, didn't he? Well, it was actually it's Kanye and, and Dilla. So it's it's pretty much the perfect producer combination, um, yeah. and I think it kind of marked like Common coming back from his his kind of weird phase. Um, although some people do like that whole kind of uh, era, um, but I yeah, loved it. <laughs> yeah, see, it just wasn't for me. I liked his uh, his first couple of albums. Then he went it went kind of when he was like dating Erica Badu and. Um, just doing what's it, Electric Circus or whatever it was. I just I couldn't get into that album at all. And then B came about. Uh, Go was the like the lead single from that album. And, but there's just so many well produced like Dilla instrumentals and Kanye like productions. Great. Um, it's just it's just a it's just a really soulful, great storytelling album. Uh, that I'd say it's like it's pretty much yeah one of my favorite ever albums. It's just really well made. It's quite short. I think it's only like ten or eleven tracks. Yeah. Um, it's just what, about, what, what about the corner remix of Scarface? Yeah, I mean the corner, the original is an absolute banger um, with yeah. uh, what they call the Last Poets or Lost Poets, Lost Poets. Um, which is a it's a great track anyway. And um, there's actually a couple of good remixes from that album. Um, but anything with Scarface on is always going to be fucking great. And also, let's hope he gets better because he's he's been ill, hasn't he, recently? Yeah, bless him. With the whole corona shit. So, yeah, big up, big up yeah. to Scarface. Hope he, hope he gets better. Um, so, definitely that. But when I when I first started getting into um, hip-hop properly, I was really um, I was really involved or, like, really kind of keen on the UK scene at the time. Oh, okay. So, I really liked um, the albums that I really rinsed more than any American albums were Kalashnikov's The Sagas which is, is, again, one of the albums I've listened to the most in my life. I absolutely fucking rinsed that album within it. Murder slaps, man. I mean, like, there's so many great tracks on there. Jankreville was amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously, Murder is, is great. Um, it's just, like, the whole thing is amazing. And it, it really blew my mind because most of the time, especially, like, when you kind of grow up in, in the kind of world where American rappers are the thing, you're hearing, like, rappers from... Well, sauce. You hear rappers from. <laughs> it's like get my own little like in-game stings. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> you're getting rappers from the UK who, on a on a level to me, were just like as good, if not better, lyrically than some artists that were coming out that were big at the time. And it kind of blew my mind to be like, I can't believe like these guys are like are this good. And Kalashnikov particularly just seemed to be absolutely amazing. Um, I also really really liked Falling Down by Jest. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I. I Again, just like lyrically, I just was like, fucking hell, this is like sensational stuff. And then do you remember um Young Gun? There's a bit there's a few. Yeah. yeah. Young Gun Essa. Do you remember him? Yep, yep, Essa, yep. And he did He was album... Young Gun initially and he changed his name to Essa, right? Exactly. And yeah. he did, uh, he did an album called The Essence, and I fucking rinsed that album to bits. Mm -hmm. So those three albums are obviously um honorable mentions to uh, Skinny Man 
um, Council of State of Mind, which was great as well. But yeah, yeah. Jess's Falling Down, uh, Kalashnikov's The Sagas of, um, and Essa's The Essence. That Those three albums, which were like mainly kind of like Harry Love, um, Lewis Parker, those product, like producers. Uh, yeah, I fucking loved that era. It was amazing. So, so much good UK hip hop at that time and I absolutely loved it. So yeah, that, that would be my, my shout, I think. Mm. Good cool. shout. Good stuff. So there we go. So, and to be honest, that is, I'm glad that we got asked this question and also T that you pushed me because I'd kind of not forgotten about those albums, but I'd kind of just hadn't like given them a listen much of late, which is, which is good. And also segues nicely into the second question from MF Gloom, which is how have you evolved as a hip hop fan since your teens slash early adulthood? So back in the seventies for you, T. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any, anything you listen to now that you didn't back then and vice versa um carol let's start with you mate uh so yeah i did actually i didn't research this but i did actually think about this question earlier on and one the one that's really really obvious to me is eminem um i you know marshall mavers lp number one is one that's kind of seen as his best album it's a classic album it was the first album i bought on cd ever ever i can't remember, i can tell you the last time i listened to eminem that album or any eminem album at all i've just that kind of his, his and i think that's why when he brings out music now it does nothing for me because i just think his style of music doesn't do anything for me anymore um yeah, that's probably the the main thing that I've kind of grown out of, I would say, is kind of Eminem, that Shady Records kind of sound. It's not really for me. And now I find myself um, I find myself just listening to like whatever's out, like whatever kind of modern kind of rap is out. I, you know, I want to give everybody a chance, really. Um, and I'm finding that, you know, when I'm listening to some of the guys I used to listen to and then they're bringing out stuff now that I don't like it as much that I tend to just like to hear the younger guys do their thing, you know? Yeah. How about you too? Uh, I say I've evolved massively. I mean, when I first got into hip hop, I wouldn't, if there's an R&B singing on a rap song, I'd just turn it off. <laughs> Such a you know, what was I think, I think it was, um, I think it was EPMD who said, I think it was Paris Smith. Straight up hip hop, not R and B singers. <laughs> I think it's as a verse, as a bar from headbangers. But yeah, back back in hip hop, back those days, no, I wouldn't abide it. Yeah. And then I hated the blingy era, the whole Versace and Champagne. I hated that loads. Biggie was about the only person who I kind of tolerated, but I didn't like that at all. You know, hip hop came from the mud, not from people earning six figures a year. So I didn't like that at all. And um, you know, but more recently, you know, I've gone to appreciate. You know both those things a lot more, and I think now I have more of an open mind. But back then, hip hop was more of a blank canvas. It hadn't fully evolved at that time, so it's kind of just one way of doing things. And hip hop can be everything. Anything you got, you know, rock. You got rock hip hop. You've got um, jazzy hip hop. You've got you know grime. There's all sorts of variations of it, and you know it's all it's all part of hip hop family. Hate it or love it. Fair, very good points, mate. Very good points. Um, I would say I am the opposite. I think I've regressed. So <laughs> when, when I was younger, so I was this classic kid when I was like, my mum just loves the stuff that she loves that she listened to when she was growing up. So she just liked Motown, soul, and R and B from the, the like seventies and eighties. That's what she liked. And she, you play her something new, and she'd be like, No, don't like it. I like what I like. This new music shit. This is what I'm sticking to. And I was always like, that is fucking mental. What a closed minded view. Can't believe that. And I was when I was young, I was just like this chase of new. What's next? Like who's coming out? And similar to you, Cal, I think Eminem was a gateway drug, essentially, for a lot of uh, like young men around that era getting into hip hop. It was accessible and it kind of he was so huge and the whole movement was massive. And then, you know, discovering like jay-z and like all the the big the bigger mainstream hip-hop artists and then as i've got older and i've really started to like kind of ingratiate myself in the culture and fall in love with the the wider culture of hip-hop and understand like its origin and its roots and really understand what makes hip-hop so special and understand the kind of legends of of the golden era and what that golden era represented i just find it more and more difficult to appreciate new stuff like i just really find it hard to appreciate it and i've also had the same problem with art in general like i think movies are shit now um 
I think music is generally shit now. Um, and obviously there are like rare exceptions that would stand the test in any in any era. I just and it's and it's not the music. It is my view. I, I fully appreciate that. But my my ability to weed out the things that I like um, is becoming more and more difficult for me to to find those things. And I just find myself universally like hating most art forms that are new and having more and more affection and love for the older classics. And there is definitely some nostalgia wrapped up in that for sure. Some of it is just better. Um, and I don't think that that's, that's uh, wrong either. So yeah, I'm definitely regressing, um, but I am trying proactively now. I've like know that this is a weakness. I am trying to listen to more stuff, and you boys have sent me some great shit uh, recently, which I've listened to that I have enjoyed. Um, so yeah, just got, this is you know that's what it's all about, right? You got you got to understand your weaknesses and then try and learn from them, right? Yeah, that's it. Well, it's good that you recognise that. You know, it's like you know I, I was here, I could hear you talking, and you were saying about you know I just think it's all shit. And that's like me when I listen to a new Kanye album. It's like as soon as one of as soon as he brings out a new album, I've decided I'm going to hate it before I've heard the first note. Yeah, you know, and it can be my beautiful dark twisted fantasy part two, and I'm like, no shit, and throw it across the room. Just you know, but yeah, sometimes that mental block can can be too powerful. But so I I'm proud of you, John, for getting help. Thanks, mate. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. It's just like um, Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like old, old Gits Anonymous. Like, hi, my name's John Bass and I'm an old git and uh, I just hate all modern music. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, and there, like you said, there has been some really good stuff out recently. And um, yeah, just you, I think you've just got to accept at a certain point that the intended audience changes over time and that that's okay. And like, you just need to listen to it for a different filter. Like, it's not it's not the 90s anymore it's not rugged urban decay gritty grime it's just a different era so you can't apply the same focus when you listen to new stuff that kids are just getting fucked up and want to have a party of course they do like they don't they grow up in the same environment it's a different landscape so um so i get that so i just need to fucking grow up mate basically um <laughs> cool all right space yeah exactly Never know, mate. Soon we'll be reviewing Pop Smoke's last album before his death, and then we'll be talking about <laughs> how he was the goat, better than Biggie. Yeah. So yeah, watch this space. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, boys, we've got um, we've got one more uh, part to get through. So let's have a quick break, and then we will we will smash into this ni nice little bit of fun uh, about '90s rappers being on social media. Okay, the last topic for today, boys. Um, very simple one. Double uh, XL magazine tweeted: If social media was around in the 1990s, which rapper would have had the best content? Which is a great question. Um, yes. And there were some there were some pretty funny answers, but I thought it'd be good for us to um, us, us to answer it. So, T, give me um, give me your thoughts, mate. I, mean, I think Biggie's probably the obvious one. He'd probably be, have the funniest. Probably the best content as well. Um, you know, probably be shagging the bird in the back of a car and filming it, putting it out there. I reckon Tupac be doing like 18 tweet rants, then deleting them first thing in the morning. Um, Suge Knight. Yeah, I think Suge Knight would just be like threatening people all over the all over the internet. Yeah. ODB and Akinelli would have been booted off a long time because they'd be posting pictures of shit and women eating ass or something like that. But the random one I remembered was um, there's a rapper called Funk Dubiest, um, yeah. 90s rapper, yeah. and he proclaimed to have the biggest porn collection in the world. <laughs> so I'd imagine he'd have, he'd have like Booty Talk Volume 57, you know, playing in the background, you know, as he goes around his house. So those are the ones I'd pick. That's a good shout. Cal, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just imagining IG Live when Shug hung, hung Vanilla Ice off, <laughs> off that balcony. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. And I'm also imagining like DMX tweeting, but instead he tweets like a 50 year old. So instead of doing spaces in between the words, he puts full stops instead. <laughs> and none of it makes any sense. And he starts every word every with word a capital letter. Yeah, title case. Just yeah. title case. Every word with a capital letter. Um, just, yeah. Um, who else? <sighs> who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I read. I reckon Nas and Jay Z's beef would have played out differently, and it would have just it would have just been like Nas just sending like camel gifts to Jay Z, 
and just like <laughs> hashtag camel lips and then jay-z just reply back just like you know just like it'd just be a gif it'd be a gif war Gif on war. I, I, I think Jay-Z would just have a picture of a baby seat with jizz on it. Yeah, yeah, you read my mind. <laughs> just all his goo all over it. The condom. <laughs> <laughs> this is completely savage. Imagine uh, the memes. Imagine the memes over that line, over the fucking left condoms in your baby seat. Like, fuck. Shit. The memes would have been amazing. I think Africa Bambata would definitely be tweeting in support of R. Kelly. 100 oh, yes. just like noncing each other up good and proper like real big fans of each other that that is definite um yeah there'd have been some there'd have been some mad there'd have been some mad shit between like crews like stuff like people beefing and just mugging each other off but you know how like wiley is on twitter now where he just says like mad shit all day mm, imagine yeah. imagine that but like like odb 30, yeah like 30 people all doing it to each other because no one replies to Wiley because they're just like, well, he's nuts. But in the 90s, I think loads of those boys would have just engaged in each other and just there would have been so many beefs, but just over social media, it would have been fucking hilarious. I think Little Kim might have been an interesting one, though, because she did the song, was it Big Mama thing? Wasn't yeah. that about Faith Evans? So there'd probably be photoshops all over the shop, photoshops all over the place with that one, too. Oh, my God. The, can you imagine the, um, like the first trap, the ends? Like yeah. Lil, Lil Kim just getting sent like all these famous rappers dick pics and then she's <laughs> retweeting them. <laughs> just do a, just do a mosaic on her next album. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you remember and that then... rumor? Do you remember that rumor that went round about Lil Kim? It's the classic. It's like three or four different celebrities all have the same rumor yeah. about getting her stomach pumped and then having like ten different types of jizz in it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I... I've never heard that one. But the I'm... thing is, I, I can't remember which comedian it was that talks about it, but he's like, who was counting the different types of jizz? Who's yeah. there going, well, that's one kind, that's someone else's. Like, <laughs> no, it's obviously a lie, but it's, I remember that getting told that so many times by different people. Oh, yeah, she, little Kim, she loved it. She had a stomach pump once, and they thought 10 different types of jizz out of her. What? That's amazing. Types. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that rumour? Did you ever hear that rumour about Prince as a kid? Well, suck at his own dick. Yeah, that he yeah. had his bottom ribs Rip taken out. Like, suck his own dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fuck? But all these rumours, just where do they come? People just sit home and go, I reckon Prince sucks his own dick. And they go, well, you can't suck your own dick. You've got too many ribs. And they go, well, he had his ribs removed, obviously, then. Yeah. Took three or four of them out. Yeah. Someone said he cut his diaphragm in half. That was another one I heard. <laughs> <laughs> it just lies. Aren't they? They're just blatant lies that people just make up and just go, that'll be funny. I'll just say that. <laughs> it's like the Richard Gere one with the gerbils in his ass. You know that one? Oh, God. Yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah. But where does, like, I've heard the expression, there's no smoke without fire. But what a weird Come on. fetish. What a weird fetish. Yeah. It's bizarre. Sick. And on that note, uh, we have reached the end of another delicious hip hop forum. Um, boys, thanks so much as always. Absolute pleasure. That's all right. You're welcome. You're welcome. Been great. Um, if people want to follow you, T, where, where can they find you, mate? Right. Thelonious Filth on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, SEO shit, man. Same name everywhere. Exactly. Bosh. Cal? Yeah, same, same as T, man. Uh, at BC, the Grand Slam everywhere. Fucking Grinder, fucking Twitter, Facebook, Tom. everything. All the same thing. Bebo, all of it, mate. Bebo, all that shit. I have five. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. That is a blast in the past. MSN Messenger. Just living it up. <laughs> living the dream. Um, well, boys, it's been a, been a pleasure. Um, if you've been listening and you enjoy, enjoy the episodes, then leave us uh, your five for five. So leave us a, a five-star review and tell us your five favourite MCs. And that will help us. Because, do you know, the last review that's on uh, iTunes is the geezer slagging us off for not doing enough research. And every time... <laughs> And every time I like look at basically new episodes, it's, it's at the bottom. So I always like get to the bottom and I'm like, for fuck's sake, it's like, it can't be the first one that people see. So can someone do <laughs> anything on there? Even if you just slag us off in a different way so I don't have to read about fucking research. Um, get him off the that, top. Yeah. <laughs> just get him off the top. Anything, please help, help me out. Um, boys, been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, we'll, we'll do another one soon. I definitely want to talk about um, hip hop orchestras because that has been on the agenda for weeks and we haven't covered it. And it, it's 
ripe for some uh, insight. So we'll definitely smash through that. Yes, yes. Um, yes. Good stuff. All right, boys. Well, uh, stay safe. Peace and love. Thanks for joining us. Get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious P-O-D. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J-O-N-B-A-S-S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.